Chapel. My name is Mary Banning. And I'm Jake Parsons. And we are the 180 team. We want to welcome you this morning and we want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you a lot. Mom, I love you too. We also wanted to say hello to our 180 students. We miss you guys so much and we can't wait to see you back here soon. Thank you again for joining us this morning. We ask that you check in by doing one of two options. You can use the link in the video's description or the Union Chapel app. Thanks for checking in with us. Next, we'll be taking up our offering. In these times, we just want to express our gratitude for your faithful giving. Your giving has been given us opportunities to expand the kingdom of heaven. To give, we have three different options. One is the link in the description below, two is the Union Chapel app, and three is mailing in a check to our offices. Thanks so much for your faithfulness. With the concerns of our world today, Serve's vision is still incredibly important. Our planning team's top priority is the health and safety of our students, volunteers, and community. With that being said, Serve 2020 will look different this year. We are taking into consideration the social distancing and disinfecting guidelines. That being said, we want you and your family to be a part of Serve 2020. To do that, you can go ahead and check out the link in the description. Registration will be open through the end of May. As a church, we have followed the initiative of Unite 714 in praying for those affected by COVID-19. Follow along on the screen as we pray. Living God, we humbly come before you in confidence, knowing you are a merciful and loving Father who hears our prayers from heaven. We unite before you as the church, a spiritual house of living stones, a holy priesthood. In the midst of this pandemic, we bring you our sacrifice of praise. We thank you for mitigating the effects of COVID-19. We realize that without your divine intervention and protection, the devastation wrought by this disease would be far greater. We are thankful today that what is impossible with man is possible with you. Lord, today we choose to praise you. In the face of pressure, panic, and pain, we choose to look beyond our circumstances and lift our hands to you. Comfort us in our weakness. Lift us up in your presence as we worship your holy name. Lord, today we choose to praise you. Your church unites to lift up sacrifices of praise. We are confident our world will experience a fresh outpouring of your divine presence and love. This will result in the conversion of untold millions. You and you alone are worthy of our honor and worship. Lord, today we choose to praise you. This we pray and commit into the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us in prayer. Now take a moment to check out the child dedications that will be happening on the screen. Hey, here we are. Hey, give, Jennings, give us a big wave. Say hello to everybody. So glad you're here. Let's wave hi, everybody. Give us a big wave. Awesome. It's good to see y'all. All right. Good morning, everyone. What better way to celebrate Mother's Day than through doing child dedication? Here we've got three covenant questions. And the first question is this. Do you profess your personal faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? Yes. 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 Excellent. Excellent. You know, that's where it all starts. Parenting's hard enough. Who would ever want to do it without the help of God? The second covenant question is this. Will you live a life that becomes the gospel? But will you teach your child the value of worship, prayer, and Bible reading? Yes. 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 Wonderful. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. You know, your example will do more than any other person to influence your little one. And the third question is this. Will you and your family be a part of the life and the work of this church so that one day your little one can make that personal decision herself to follow Jesus and how to make a commitment to him? Yes. 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 Wonderful. 
That's what it's all about. And those are all the right answers. And so can you give me your little one's first and middle name? All right. This is Otto Miller. Otto Miller. This is Addison Ray. Ainsley Ann. Eliza Joe. Eliza Joe. Look at her. Oh my goodness. So fun. Yeah, that's, oh, what, yeah. that's what we're looking for. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Addie, we're so proud of you. Give us a wave. Come a little closer to that camera. We want to see your smiling face. Laddie, we want to pray for you. So I'm going to ask everybody at home, I want you to stretch your hands out towards the TV as mom and dad are going to put a hand on Addie and we're going to pray a prayer of blessing over her. Jesus, thank you so much for Addie. We love her. We pray that you would fill her with the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would draw her to yourself, that you would speak to her and bless her and encourage her as she launches out into being big sister and helping her little sister get to know you too. We're so proud of her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, fam, church family too, let's stretch our hands out towards little Eliza Joe. We're just going to bless her. Let's pray for her. Jesus, thank you so much for Eliza. What a lucky little girl to have a mom and a dad and a family who love you so much and love her so much. We ask that you would fill her with your spirit, that your joy would just mark every day of her life, and that very, very early in her life that she would commit herself to you fully. Lord, bless this precious family. Surround them with your grace, your presence, and your love. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, put your hands on little Otto. Everybody at home, stretch your hands out towards this TV. We're going to pray for this little guy. Jesus, thank you so much for Otto. We love him. We ask that your peace would surround his life. We ask that you would fill his heart with passion for worship, passion for your presence, and joy in you. Lord, he's a lucky little guy to have a mom and a dad and a family who love him so much and love you so much. And so, Lord, bless him in every way, shape, and form. Strengthen him with all the strength of heaven. And Lord, bless this family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't all you guys just, just put a hand on little Ainsley and we'll pray a prayer of dedication over her too. There we go. Jesus, thank you so much for Ainsley. Thank you for her precious heart and for what a gift that she is. We ask that, that you would just fill her heart with a love for you, a passion for worship, and that you would just send your encouragement to her in so many wonderful ways. We're so glad to have her as part of the Union Chapel family. We bless her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you, Mom. I hope you have a great day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I love my mom so much because she's like the nicest person and she's so giving. Hi, my name is Micah and I love everything about my morning. She is always there for me. She's kind. She loves me unconditionally. I'm sad that we can't be at church to celebrate Mother's Day, but I am happy that we can still celebrate it. So I just want to say thank you to my mom, and I appreciate her so much because she is so awesome. She loves me so much, and I love her too. I'm so thankful for your wisdom and the way you're guiding me. I'm so thankful because you are so selfless, and you always put people before yourself. I'm thankful for you because you cook and clean for us. I'm thankful for our quality time. Hey, Mom. We want to thank you for all that you do for us with the love and joy that you bring into our lives with your spontaneous spirit and the way you push us to be our very best. Thank you for always having my back and being my side, even if I lose this to Purdue. 
Thank you for being my number one fan on and off the court. Thank you for showing me the kind of person and the kind of teacher that I want to be. How are you and mommy the same? We like to go to bed and wear our pajamas all morning. How does your mommy make you laugh? Um, uh, by making my stuffed animals talk in really weird voices. Hey, Mom. Thank you for all that you do. We appreciate you. We all love you. I love my mom because she supports me in the things that I like to do. Thank you for all the things um, you did for us growing up and all the special things that you still do and the friendship that we share in Jesus. How you had enough courage and strength to move over to a foreign country and raise four kids and homeschool them. And somehow we all turned out all right. Thank you for everything you do. I'd like to honor my mother this morning, Rhonda Pearson. And this is my first Mother's Day without her. She was a great mom and grandmother, and she's with Jesus now. Miss you, Mom. Love you. Thank you for loving me throughout my mistakes and my triumphs. I hope to be half the mother you are someday. I appreciate my mother because she makes warm and healthy meals for me every day, and I love her a lot. Hi, Mommy. Thanks for all you do for me and Andy. Bye, Mommy. I love you. Thank you for always being there for us and being our shoulder to cry on and supporting us in everything we did. To be half the woman that you are in my life, then I will have been successful. She is a great wife, an amazing mother to four kids, and truly one of my best friends. You have prayed over me, worried over me, supported me, loved me, and guided me through everything I have done. I love you so much. Thank you for everything that you do for me and the girls. Thank you so much for how you lead our family. I couldn't ask for a better best friend, advocate, supporter, or cheerleader. My mom pushes me every day to be a better person. You're the best mom ever. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. Happy Mother's Day. 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 Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. Love you, Mommy. I love you. She says happy Mother's Day to Mommy, too. Happy Mother's Day. I love you, Mommy. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. We love you. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Mimi, love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Love you. Welcome to Union Chapel. My name is Jeff Hughes, and I'm one of the pastors here. And thanks so much for tuning in today. Happy Mother's Day to you. Mothers, today is your day, and we want to honor and celebrate you for all that you do and all that you are. You are amazing. Want to give a shout out. Happy Mother's Day to my mom watching right now in Oklahoma City. Love you, mom. Thank you so much for the way you instilled godly values and just honoring people and I just wanted to say happy Mother's Day to you. Thanks so much. Also want to say happy Mother's Day to my wonderful wife, Hannah. Thank you so much for the wonderful example you are to our family, to our kids. I love you. And I believe that the best days are ahead of us. I love you, sweetheart. Happy Mother's Day. Well, moms, we would not be who we are without you. In fact, as you're watching right now, I invite you to go in the chat bar and drop a shout out to your mom, something she taught you, something you learned from her. Just give her a shout out right there for the whole world to see.
You know, moms have a unique bit of wisdom, don't they? They've helped us navigate the journeys of life in many different phrases. And moms teach us a variety of things that, that help us. And maybe you'll relate to some of these things. You know, mothers teach us a, a job well done in the phrase, if you're going to kill each other, go outside. I just finished mopping that floor. <laughs> Mothers teach us about religion in the phrase, you better pray that stain comes out of the carpet. <laughs> Mothers teach us foresight in the phrase, you better wear clean underwear because you never know when you'll be in an accident. <laughs> Mothers teach us irony in the phrase, you keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. And mothers teach us about weather in, in this phrase. Your room looks like a tornado went through it, right? Who's heard that one? I have. And mothers teach us about the circle of life in the phrase, I brought you in this world and I can take you out. Anybody seen that? Yeah, heard, heard that one. On a serious note, the influence of mothers is far reaching. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, no man is poor who has a godly mother. Ronald Reagan said, no nation is ever greater than its mothers. The Jewish rabbis had a proverb that said, God cannot be everywhere at the same time. And that's why he made mothers. So, so true. Mothers have a very special place in our society and in our hearts. And we want to celebrate and honor them. The Bible also holds the role of motherhood in high esteem. And this morning, I want us to look at the story of Hannah in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. So if you want to make your way there in your mobile device or your Bible, we'll also project these words on the screen. This is 1 Samuel chapter 1, some selected reading here, verses 1 to 11, verse 20 and 24 to 28. This is the word of God. There was a certain man from Ramathame, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters. Verse 5, but to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. And whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? Now, side note, fellas, this is not the moment to make this about you. This is the moment to listen to your wife. Don't make a stupid remark about yourself here. There's some wisdom in the word of God. Verse nine, once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting in his chair by the doorpost of, Han of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. 
I want us to skip down and look at verse 20, which says, So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I ask the Lord for him. And now let's skip to verses 24 to 28, which read, After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli. And she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as I, as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. Verse 27, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. May God open our hearts to what he wants to say to us today through the reading of his word. Today, I want us to look at the story of Hannah, this challenging situation that she experienced in the book of 1 Samuel. And I want to make some practical application to some very serious things that are going on in our world and in our lives today. So the first thing we see from 1 Samuel, from Hannah's life, is that Hannah had a problem. She had a problem. And I want to just pause for a moment, and I want to address verse 2, which begins with the phrase, he had two wives. You see, friends, I don't want to just gloss over this really quickly like it's uh, something that doesn't matter to us today because it's really relevant. I want to dive into what this means. You know, there are a number of things in the Old Testament that are just confusing and they're difficult to understand. And the idea of godly men taking more than one wife is definitely one of them. In Israel, the most ancient, as with the most ancient times, monogamy was generally practice. Polygamy, that idea of taking on more than one wife, was not contrary to laws or morals, but it generally was not economical. You can imagine that. More than one wife, more spending, right? And the main occurrence of polygamy would be when the first wife was barren, as we see in this story with Hannah in 1 Samuel. Now let's contrast that to the New Testament, how we're called to live today, my friends. You'll see that since the coming of Christ, that biblical marriage is defined as one man and one woman forever. And so we take hope in that and we take uh, God's guidance in what we see. But it's important for us to know in 1 Samuel what's going on in the cultural context here. So the Bible tells us that Peninnah had several children and that Hannah was childless. So to add to her problem in Israelite culture, childlessness was seen as a great curse. It was a shameful situation. And as you can imagine, this deeply troubled Hannah. It was a cause of deep anguish and pain for her. She had never known the thrill of announcing pregnancy. And now, of course, today in our culture, we have not only pregnancy reveals when ladies find out they're pregnant and tell the whole world, but we have gender reveals where balloons are popped and pink or, uh, or blue streamers go in the air. And it's an exciting time. You've seen these, especially in our social media culture that we're living in today. Hannah never knew that kind of a thrill. Now, sure, they didn't celebrate in the same ways that we do today. They didn't make announcements of pregnancy or gender reveals in the same way, but Hannah never knew the ability to announce her pregnancy, and she also never knew the ability of holding her own child. 
She had seen this in the lives of other women and also in the second wife, Peninnah. She had seen her ability to hold her family. And that only reminded Hannah of her sorrow. It only reminded her of the pain. We don't know how long Hannah suffered in this way. The Bible tells us that it went on for a few years, but it does not give the exact specifics. But what we know is this is a problem. We don't have a shortage of problems in our world today. In fact, some of you right now who are listening to this message, you are facing some severe problems like never before. COVID-19 has brought a new element of problems into our world today. Perhaps for you, it's job loss or fear or worry or concern about the economic future of your business or maybe sickness for yourself or someone that you love. Some of us right now are facing problems that we never dreamed of. We never thought that we would be facing this pandemic right now. We're facing a problem today. Problems are plentiful. They're plentiful. But we can take an important cue from Hannah in 1 Samuel. Let's see how she responded to her problem and what she did. Well, Hannah fasted and she prayed fervently. And that brings me to point two in the fill in the blanks is Hannah prayed She went to the tabernacle, to the sanctuary, and she poured out her heart to God in worship and prayer. In fact, Eli, the high priest at the time, overheard her and saw her in the tabernacle, and he thought she was drunk. But she was overcome with this ability to worship, to fast, and to go into God's presence. And she was praying loudly and boldly to God with this request, Give me a son, and I will dedicate him to you. We see in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, something very powerful. In fact, it's a glimpse into Hannah's soul. I want to put it on the screen for you here. It says this, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. Do you have anguish today? Some of you listening to this right now, you're facing a tough situation. The words anguish and sorrow and worry and fear, they, they have overcome you right now. And I have a question for you. What are you doing with these things? What are you doing with your anxiety, your anguish, your worry, your concern? Let me just step into your world and ask you to consider a very personal question right now in this moment. Have the problems in your life fueled your faith or have they fed your fears? I want you to hear that again today. Have the problems in your life fueled your faith or have they fed your fears? Because we are facing a historic opportunity to allow the problems in our world to actually fuel our faith, to allow us to take our anxiety, our anguish, our worry, and and to put it at the very place where it belongs, at the feet of Jesus. And that's what we can see from Hannah in this story, that she allowed God to fuel her faith in this moment of anguish. And I wonder about you, friends, what are you doing with your problems? Are you taking them to the Lord in prayer or are you taking them other places? You know, you see this as well as I do, but so often we take our problems to places where they really have no business being. We take our problems to a Facebook post or to bed with us in worry and anxiety that keeps us tossing and turning through the night. We take our problems to the places that they were not intended to live. When instead, God says, cast your cares on me. 
Give me your problems. Give me your worry. Give me your anxiety and and allow me to fuel your faith through this challenging moment. That's what we can understand so clearly from Hannah's life is that our problems have an opportunity to fuel our faith. But I wonder, are they feeding your fears or fueling your faith? Consider that today, my friends. And perhaps if you find yourself in a place where you're fearful, you are worried, make a change. Allow the situation you're in to fuel the faith of God. I believe somebody needs to hear that today. God can handle whatever you need to throw at him. He can handle it. He can handle your disappointments, your your worry, your challenges. He is big enough to hear and handle your problem. And not only can he handle it, he does not remain distant from you. I love what we see in the book of Psalms, Psalm 18, verse 6. Let's look at this on the screen. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. God hears us. He hears our cry. He hears our distress. Are you distressed today? Are you staring at a problem that seems bigger than what you can handle? My challenge is that we would allow Hannah's life to be a model for us as we call out to the Lord in prayer. While her problem was still present, Hannah turned to the Lord in prayer and we can do the same thing. I want you to catch specifics of her prayer in verse 11. So let's look at this. And she made a vow saying, Lord almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son. She prayed fervently to the one who was able. Oh, Lord almighty. You know, I don't know your need today, but God does. And God is the one who is able. God is the one who is almighty and and longs to meet us right where we are with his presence, with his power. And so we are called to pray to him, to cast our cares, to cast our worry, to cast our anxiety on the Lord almighty. Whatever your circumstances may be, the God who knows your need is closer than your very next breath. Let's take a cue from Hannah. And allow our challenge that we're facing today to lead us into God's presence. You know, it would have been very, very easy for Hannah to become resentful, for her to become bitter, even hateful of those who were living under the blessing when she felt like she was living in a curse. And right now in this moment, you might find yourself in a, in a same situation Sure, your, your story is a bit different than Hannah's most likely, but you might find yourself able to relate to this today where you look around and it seems like everyone around you is living in the blessing of God except for you and you feel like you're under a curse. You've lost your job or you feel alone or you've fallen on hard times or you're living in a moment that you don't understand And you are overcome with worry, fear, and anxiety. God, are you with me? God, did you abandon me? These are all similar feelings that Hannah would be experiencing in 1 Samuel. And we can learn a few critical things from from her. And the most important is to fuel your faith instead of feeding your fear. And you do this by taking your problems to God in prayer. 
So after Hannah's problem, after her prayer, came her promise. Hannah made a promise. And you may not have connected this, but she made a promise to God. And I want to put this on the screen for you because Hannah surrenders to God before she knows the outcome of her prayer. Can can we just rest on that for a moment? I mean, if, if you're like me, surrendering to God is easy when everything is going really well, when you know that God has heard your prayer, when you've got the promotion, when everyone is happy and healthy, when life is good, saying, God, I surrender to you is an easy thing to do. But what we see from Hannah's life is that she surrenders the outcome and she makes a promise and she fully surrenders to God before the prayer is even answered. And so today, where do you need to say, God, I I surrender to you? Here she is in this prayer, dedicating her child who is not only unborn, she's not even pregnant that we know of. And she's in the tabernacle just surrendering to God and making a promise to him. Let's look at the rest of 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11. It continues and it says this, And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look to your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever touch his head. Hannah makes this incredible promise to God in her moment of problems. She says, God, if you give me a son, I will give him to you. In other words, I will dedicate him to your work. Now, Hannah is not simply saying, if you give me a son, I'll take him to the tabernacle when we go on occasion. Uh, You could translate that to, God, if you give me a son, I'll raise him in the church and we'll go once a month, whether we need it or not. No, it's not that at all. She's fully surrendering her child to go and, and live in the tabernacle to serve there. I will dedicate him. She's fully surrendering her son to the Lord. This unborn, unconceived son, she's making a promise to God. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 23, we see this. After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. He will live there. We see in other verses that Hannah's talking about the house of the Lord at Shiloh. She's fully surrendering her child to God's service to live in another place and to serve God even before he is born. Now, some of you who've been living in quarantine with maybe middle school or high school boys, this idea today of making a promise to let them go live somewhere else, so out of your house, out of your kitchen, off your tab, off your bill, sounds like a pretty good idea, right? Well, that's not what she's doing. She's making a serious dedication before she's even pregnant, before the promise is given. She's making this dedication. It was serious. There would be certain restrictions on his life. No razor would touch his head. He would refrain from strong wine. He would never touch dead bodies, lest he become ceremonial unclean. So these were important things and serious business. And Hannah understood that with the gift of a child, there was the responsibility of 
a steward, the responsibility of a steward. Earlier in this service, we experienced for the very first time ever online parent and child dedications. And though they were done online, the significance of this moment was just as great. What we saw these parents do is commit their children to the Lord, to dedicate them. But we saw something else. We saw them commit themselves to God. There was also a question that was asked, and it was, are you willing as a congregation to commit yourself to live in a way that will, will be the gospel to not only these little ones, but all of those that we are entrusted with here in our church? And we are charged with the critical task, the critical question. Every single one of us has to answer this. Will you live in such a way that your life exhibits the gospel for these little ones and for this generation that is in our homes, in our churches, and in our cities. So will you? Will you live in this way? It's a covenant. You know, perhaps the most spiritual thing that you need to do today on this Mother's Day 2020 is not dedicating your child to the Lord, but dedicating yourself to the Lord. Taking the step to say, God, I need you. I want to fully dedicate and surrender myself to you. Throwing yourself into the service of the Lord, into living in God's presence for God's people and for the world. God gives us this amazing opportunity to dedicate ourselves. You say, well, what does that even mean? I mean, we saw like the, the service element where we dedicated children. Friends, there is an easy opportunity you can take right now to dedicate yourself to God. And it's by inviting Jesus Christ into your life. And by saying to him, I have sinned, I've fallen short, I've messed up, but I need a savior. We see in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, these words, they say, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so today, I believe that there are people listening all over who are tuning into this service. Maybe you just stumbled into the service just a couple seconds ago through one of our online platforms. I believe you're here for this moment for a specific reason. Romans 10, 9. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You can reach out to Jesus right now and you can dedicate your life to him to live for him, to make a promise, to say, I will live for you. Yes, the world is shaky. Yes, there's turmoil, but I will put my hope in Jesus Christ on the solid rock. I will stand. You can reach out to Jesus today. Hannah had a problem. She had a prayer and she had a promise, which leads me to the last point of this message. If you're taking notes and that's God's provision. You see, the first three points of this message had to do with Hannah. But the fourth and the final point is probably the most significant, and it has to do with God being the one who provides for us. What we see from Hannah is that though her anguish and her desperation is plenty, she humbled herself, and through a face full of tears, she prayed to the Lord 
Though she was lacking in the blessing of God and was not experiencing that and felt like she was in the middle of a curse, she went to the one who was able, who could bring her life meaning. She went to the Lord. And we have an opportunity to do that as well. And Hannah understood that complaining to other people or becoming bitter wouldn't fix her problems. But she realized that in going to God, she found comfort. She found peace. She found provision. You see, not only was Hannah past childbearing age, she was barren. So friends, she was asking God for a miracle. She was asking God to step into her situation and do something that could not be done otherwise. I find hope in that. I find great hope in that. That God wants to step into our situation and provide his provision for us. Do you need to apply that to your life today? Do you need a miracle today? I know there's people all over our city, all over our world who need a miracle today. And I believe that while desperation is not enjoyable, it's not a great place to be desperate and longing for a miracle and God's provision. I believe that desperation is the stuff that miracles are made of. And so as we come to God with desperate hearts saying, God, I, I need you to move in this situation. I'm asking you, God, will you show up in a mighty way and solve this problem and bring your provision? As we do that, God steps in and he shows how great and how powerful he really is. Where do you need God's provision today? You know, maybe, just maybe, God wants to step into your problem with his miraculous provision today. And it's the state of our hearts saying, God, I surrender. I dedicate myself, my life, my situation to you. I believe those are the words that open up the power of God to step into our lives and begin doing his miraculous provision work in our lives. You know, we see something interesting in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20. We see God answering Hannah's prayer. And so this is a great part of the story. It says, so in the course of time, Hannah becomes pregnant. And so that's awesome. Yay, Shazam, that's great. Hannah's pregnant. She has a son. But I want you to look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 21. So flipping ahead a chapter, we see the rest of the story. And it says this, and the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Now listen, meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. So in case you missed the math there, we've got Samuel plus five. You think the Lord provided and answered her prayer? Now for those of you saying, uh, that may not be a blessing. That may be a little bit more of a curse. <laughs> not what I would want. You've got to remember that her prayer is that she would be a blessing and that she would have many kids. So we see this. We see that God answered her prayer and provided for her. God wants to do the same thing for us today. He wants to step into our lives and God longs to bring provision to the point of our problem. He wants to step into your situation and bring his hope, bring his help, bring his healing. He wants to bring provision right to the place where you're hurting. 
So friends, we see that Hannah had a problem. She had a prayer. She made a promise. And we can be encouraged by the closing part of this sermon that God brought provision. God will bring provision. You can trust him. Let me close with this. As you face the problems in your life today, I want to challenge you to look to Jesus today and allow hope to be conceived in your soul. We can learn a lot from Hannah. We learn to recognize our problem, to go to the Lord in prayer, to make a promise and receive the Lord's provision. Will you bow with me for a word of prayer? Jesus, I pray today that we would all draw near to you, regardless of our circumstances, our situations. I pray that we would receive the hope and the strength that only you can provide today. Help each of us to live in such a way that our lives will give you honor and glory, Jesus. And for those today who need to surrender to you, help us to take the steps to say yes to you. And and as we join together in prayer right now, to say this prayer after me, say, Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I've messed up, but I reach out to you right now. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Forgive me. Take up residence in my heart right now. I fully surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, friends, God bless you as you walk into these days ahead. We're with you. We're praying for you. Don't forget, it's Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day, moms. Uh, Kids, dads, do the dishes, make a meal, celebrate moms. It's an awesome, awesome thing. Well, friends, here is the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace both now and forevermore. Go in peace, friends. We love you. We'll see you next time.